Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. In Numbers chapter 13, Moses is instructed by God to send a group of leaders out to explore the promised land that God was giving to the children of Israel. The 12 individuals selected were all leaders in their tribes, but they had no idea that the report that they would bring back would shape the destiny of 1.5 million people. They didn't understand the power of influence. In today's message, we dig into the kingdom principles of leadership with a message titled Influence. Listen in, take notes, and I'll see you at the end of the podcast. Lord, open your Bibles to the book of Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. We have been talking about the journey and uh, we've hit a little pocket within the journey where we're talking about gifts and talents. And as we're talking about the perfect will of God that's brought forth by gifts and talents being manifested in our lives, that there's one area that we want to have some understanding about. And I talked about giving in that we have to get understanding. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4, we have to pursue understanding, we have to pursue wisdom. We have to make sure that we know, that we understand. And we want to make sure that we understand. And in fact, Paul said this about spiritual gifts in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He said, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. Amen. I want you to know. I want you to understand. I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. And he he broke down the fact that there's spiritual gifts and there's idols, and you don't want to get caught up into idolatry concerning spiritual gifts. And sometimes in the church, we have fallen into the hole of having spiritual gifts become idols. Amen. And so we treat certain people differently because of, quote, the gift that they have on their life. Amen. I don't want to be treated differently because of the gift I have. Amen. I want everybody to understand they're gifted. Amen. 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 I was talking to this one pastor. He was telling me how tired I was and everything else. And I know how it is because I get tired, too. Amen. He was telling me how tired he was. He was doing this and doing that. He said, how are you doing this? I said, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Well, what about this? I said, I'm not doing that either. (laughs) I might do too much, but there's certain things I don't do. And the reason I don't do them is because I understand it's not my job to do it. Now, I'm trying to get rid of some jobs that are currently holding but I'm going to be patient. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Because sometimes we have seen the model of a pastor who's doing everything. Amen. He's parking cars in the morning. <laughs> he's doing all kind of stuff. He's you know, he going to get up and preach. Then after church, he's going to do everything else. And then on Monday morning, he's going to take a rest. Then on Tuesday morning, he's going to be back at the church and he's going to be cleaning up. He's going to be doing this and doing that. He's going to do all the stuff. He's going to do everything. He's changing light bulbs. He's doing, he's doing everything in the church. And then one day, pastor dropped over. And they came to t- and everybody came to his service. Oh, pastor was such a good man. He just wore himself out. But I see in the Bible, in the book of Acts, where the apostles one day are serving tables and they say, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute. I think we should do something different. I think we should, we, we should, we should actually look for other men in the congregation 
who have the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and we should appoint them and anoint them to do some other things so we can give attention to the word of God in prayer. Amen. Why? It was the first time that they broke the religious mold that the Pharisees and Sadducees had. And they stepped into the New Testament church, which is every believer has an anointing. Every believer has power. Every believer has the Holy Ghost. Every believer can access the wisdom of God and they can get stuff done. Amen. Because the anointing of God is God's supernatural power to what? Get stuff done. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. The anointing is not given to dance and shout. It might make you dance and it might make you shout. But the anointing is not given for that. And you can't find scripturally a point where that's the only thing the anointing was given for. Amen. Amen. As a matter of fact, if you search the New Testament, you might have a hard time finding worship as we know worship outside of heaven. (laughs) Amen. You have a hard time looking through the New Testament finding singing and the worship that we use as worship. And there's nothing wrong with it because it has, a, it, has a, it has a role. But you will not find in the New Testament that as the description of worship except in heaven. Uh-oh. <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna stone me with stones, are you? Because we have to recognize that we have sometimes in church adopted a model that is not necessarily the New Testament model. See, the early church, when they formed and the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they received the Holy Spirit and they began preaching the gospel and Peter then says, listen, this is what God desired. It's what's written in the book of Joel that his Holy Spirit is going to come down and it will pour out on all flesh. Not just a holy group of leaders, but all flesh. God's desire was that he pour out his spirit on all people. And everybody in the body of Christ has the Holy Spirit poured out for you just like the blood was poured out for you. Amen. So when you receive the blood, you receive access to all things in the kingdom. Now it's your job to figure out how to pull those things down. Amen. It becomes our responsibility that once I'm given something, that I learn how to use what I have been given. Amen. When I was 12 years old, my mother gave me a Bible on my birthday. A black Bible that I still have in my possession. And she wrote inside of it. My name, and she wrote the date that she gave it to me. She wrote some other things. I got that Bible. I took that Bible to church, to Sunday school. And in Sunday school, that week, what happened to me was, the teacher said something I didn't agree with, and I challenged the teacher. Her name was Mrs. Cobbs. (laughs) I challenged her that day. And so... We went back and forth until finally she said, go sit down outside. Sent me outside. I was sitting on the steps outside the Bible, uh, outside of the Sunday school building. So I'm sitting there. 
And Pastor Smith, pastor of the church, was walking by. He said, <laughs> don't imitate him. <laughs> Why are you out here, young man? <laughs> I said, oh, well, yeah. It's good to have questions, young man. And he left me alone. He kept on walking. I said, well, how come he said I can have questions, but I can't have questions in the class? <laughs> so I, I'm telling you that to say this, is that there are times when we have questions, but this Bible that I was given made me ask questions. Amen. So, but I didn't know how to use it. Amen. Your Bible should make you ask questions. You, you should read your Bible and you say, what does God mean by this? You should read your Bible and say, man, how come this happened? You should ask questions as you're reading your Bible and then the Holy Spirit can answer your questions. But if you don't ask, he can't answer. Amen. Come on. So when we're talking about gifts and talents, you have to know we don't want to be ignorant, which means we have to ask questions. Amen. I never get mad at people. I had this one student in a Bible school class I was teaching, and he used to every class, and the other students would get agitated. Every class, he would sit at the table right in front of me on my right-hand side, and he would sit on the inside, close to me as he could get. He would sit there, and he'd take class after class, and, and as soon as we'd start the class, his hand is up. Pastor Derry, and I'm just, I'm just trying to figure it out. And he have a question. And I see everybody else like, oh, you can't even start the class yet. We ain't, he got questions, we ain't started the class. And every class, he got questions. Always he got questions. And I never minded answering his questions. Never minded him, I never minded that man asking questions because every question he asked showed me he read the stuff. <laughs> Amen. I taught this minister's training class and this guy came in and he brought his three little boys in the class. Carl, you were in, you were in there, right? He brought his three little boys in the class and the boys were 10, 11, and 12, stair steps, 10, 11, and 12. And so I'm giving out minister's training level information. And we start the class and I'd ask a question, what about this in the reading? No hands go up except the 12 and the 11-year-old. I said, okay, go ahead. And they would give the answer and be right on time, quoting scriptures and everything. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Is this truth? Week, not just one time, week after week after week after week. They would read the stuff, they'd do the homework, they would study the word to show themselves approved, and they would come to class and show up grown folks trying to be in ministry. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And then it started. After class. Pastor, I know, I know, I know they little kids, but I know, but we having a hard time some of us was talking. We had a hard time just getting into it because these kids answering all the questions. I said, y'all should be shamed of yourselves. You shouldn't be coming to me telling me oh, I need to correct these little kids. You should be shamed that you are trying to preach the word of God and a 12-year-old and outstudied you and got more answers than you. Amen. 
Um, you go, I'm just, no, 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 no. You better outrun them kids. Come on. When my kids are, grow- my kids are growing up, uh, we would play games with our kids. We would not let our kids win. <laughs> That's why they're so ruthless now. <laughs> we wouldn't let them win. Ain't nobody else going to let you win. Why well, am I going to let you win? You're going to learn how to play. <laughs> You're going to learn this game. When people ask you to play, you say, yeah, I know how to play. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> These little boys was outrunning it. I'm outdoing everybody in the class. And people started getting angry because... What started happening was the divider. The divider of influence. And you say, what's the divider of influence? The divider of influence is influence is what leadership actually is. Leadership is the ability to influence and the willingness to take responsibility. So to understand what leadership is, you have to understand that leadership is those two things. It is the ability to influence, and it is the willingness to take responsibility. And if you understand those two things, then the question somebody should have been said, Pastor, you know, these little kids really seem like they're on the ball. What can I do to get out in front of those kids. But that's shame. That, that's sh- I, I'd be ashamed of myself. I ask, have to ask, how do I get in front of some 12-year-olds in a Bible school class? See, that's what pride, the pride will make, pride will make you say, el- el- eliminate what's outdoing me <laughs> so I can shine. No, you need to remove your shadow so you can shine. Amen. Come on. Listen. leadership is one of the ministry gifts that we read in Romans chapter 12, that we are to lead with diligence. And if you remember, there's natural gifts and spiritual gifts, and there's three kinds of spiritual gifts. Three kinds of spiritual gifts are fivefold ministry, which is put in place to equip others in the body of Christ for their works of service. In other words, fivefold ministry is not special, They're just designed for something specific. Amen? And so those gifts God gives. Then you have gifts of the Spirit. Okay? Gifts of the Spirit. We found in in, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And in, in those, we found that there are nine gifts of the Spirit that come as the Spirit wills. Okay? So they're motivated and they are brought forth by the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. And the more we can yield to the Holy Spirit, the more those gifts can flow. Amen? And those are things like the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge. And so we were reading something, and a guy uh, uh, in, in Bible study Wednesday, there's a portion in the book where the guy, a guy, um, the guy, the author, was saying that he was ministering to someone. And the man said, I have this gift because so-and-so laid hands on me and gave it to me. And he said, no. You don't have a gift because the man laid his hands on you and gave it to you. You either have a gift because the Holy Ghost is in you or you don't have the gift because the Holy Ghost is in you. Amen. 
<laughs> Amen. A person can't impart a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, miracles. Nobody can hand that from one person to another. Those come as the spirit wills. And the more yielded a vessel is, the more frequently the Holy Spirit can move through you. Amen. And then we have the third area, which is ministry gifts. And ministry gifts come by your faith. Amen. And those are found in in the book of Romans chapter 12. Okay. It says, if you are ministering, ministering according to your faith, leading with diligence, doing these seven things that are listed there according to your faith. In other words, those ministry gifts can be accessed by anybody in the body of Christ by building your faith and walking in them. Amen. Amen. So if you want to lead, then you can get your faith built up to help you lead. Amen. If you want to be a giver, you can build your faith and get yourself ready to be a giver. If you show compassion, you can use your faith to strengthen yourself and to step out in compassion. If you want to be an encourager, you can use your faith and say, I'm going to encourage folks. That's what I'm going to do. And you can buy your faith, strengthen yourself and step out and encourage people. Amen. You don't have to wait for a bolt of lightning. You don't have to wait for a, 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 a spirit to speak in your sleep. Amen. You don't have to be waiting for a voice to say, any beanie, chilly weenie. <laughs> Amen. The spirits are about to speak. <laughs> anyway, all right. You don't have to wait for that. You can, by your faith, activate ministry gifts because they're given to you by faith. Amen. So every time we step into those things, we're stepping into them by faith. So I'll read to you something from the book of Numbers. Because leading with diligence is where we're spending some time. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. How many have heard of Joshua before? How many have heard of Caleb before? Amen. Remember those two names. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, every one a leader among them. So the very first thing here is that they have been brought out of Egypt. And as they've come out of Egypt, the Holy Spirit now by uh, is speaking by God to Moses and saying, Moses, I want you to look over the people. And what I want you to do now is I want you to select someone from each tribe. Select someone and don't don't select just any old way. Pick leaders. Pick leaders among the groups, people, people that other individuals will look at and see and perceive to be leaders. Amen. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the commandment of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. So everybody selected was a leader. Okay, I'm going to skip down to, let's see, let's go to verse 17. 
So Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, again, he's talking to 12 leaders, go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. So the responsibility that they are given is to go and see what the land is like. So remember, leadership is two things. What are they? Influence and responsibility. Amen. So they are responsible to go see what the land is like. See whether the people are, who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. Whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds. Whether the land is rich or poor. Whether there are forests or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now that time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and they spied out the land. Amen. Go to verse 25. (laughs) Verse 25 says, And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now, I want you to understand something. This time frame is in the first few months of them coming out of Egypt. So they were slaves in Egypt for 400 something years. Okay? Slaves. Moses brings, by the power of God, deliverance. They, are, they see plagues happen to the Egyptians and not to them. They see an angel of death Pastor talked about it during communion. That they were instructed by the Holy Spirit to take firstborn lambs and sprinkle their blood over their doorsteps. And they watched as the angel of death passed through, skipping those houses where the blood was. And then unfortunately then, killing the firstborn of those who weren't covered. They saw it. They witnessed this. They witnessed as they're going through the plagues, Pharaoh getting mad at them and taking away their resources to work and still requiring the same work. They witnessed all that. And then they see Moses lead them out, looking like they're surrounded with the Red Sea on one side, a cliff on the other side, and an army coming behind them from the other side. And they watched the Red Sea part, and they walked across the Red Sea. Now, it's not the 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 uh, the Vallejo Creek, or or you know, it it ain't no little. It's a huge body of water in which the water parts, and they are able to walk across. One point five million people estimated to walk across on dry land, and the armies behind them being drowned as the water receded. They witnessed that with their own eyes. (laughs) Amen. And now these spies go spy for 40 days and look what happens. And the spies returned from spying out the land after 40 days. So they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kedish. And they brought back word to them. Turn to your neighbor and say, word. word. Bring me a word. Bring me a word. 
and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And and before this, we didn't read that portion. The fruit was so big that the cluster of grapes had to be carried on a stick between two men. Amen. They made the grapes we got from Safeway the other day. (laughs) We got some good ones, but they don't compare. I don't think they they carried them in on a stick, Pastor. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Verse 27. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, And so we were in their sight. Chapter 14, verse 1. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation and said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, Why has the Lord brought us up to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should now become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Let us find another leader and let us go and return to slavery. (laughs) Yeah, when you say it that way, hmm. I want you to understand something here. Caleb is a voice that says, we can do this. Let's go after it. But then the other 10 who saw the same things that Caleb saw, both there and in their, on their way out of Egypt because they're leaders, they saw what happened. But they say, we can't do this. Now, unfortunately, what happens when they say those words is that their influence has an unexpected effect. See, we're told in Scripture in the New Testament specifically the power of our words. We study about the power of the tongue. The the tongue has power. It has spiritual power, but the tongue also has another kind of power. The tongue has the power to influence. 
And so sometimes when we are not expecting it or when we not, we don't know what we have. See, my mother gave me this Bible, but I didn't know how to use the Bible. And so all I know is facts that I'm arguing with a teacher about. She's saying things and I'm seeing a fact that I see and I argue the fact with no understanding. I'm reading words and arguing words and I have something that is powerful and can be useful. But because I don't understand the power of it, I'm just throwing words in an argument because I'm an argumentative, competitive person. So I'm using the word for my purpose and not its intended purpose. Amen. It's most powerful when it's used what it's supposed to be used for. Amen. Amen. You can take a fork in your backyard and try to dig a hole, but it's going to be better if you take it to the table and have some food. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. It'll move dirt. Your fork will move dirt. <laughs> you might be there forever, but it'll, it'll move some dirt. Amen. But boy, you put, man, you stick that fork in a, in a, in a sweet potato pie. It'll, it'll glide through there. Ooh-wee. That's what it's for. <laughs> Amen. I discovered its purpose. <laughs> Amen. If we don't understand that by God's gifting, we all carry the power of leadership, then we won't also understand that leadership has to and always has two things associated with it, and that is influence and responsibility. See, sometimes we believe, I'm not, I'm not going to be a leader because I don't want to be responsible. But guess what? You are a leader and you are responsible. Amen. See, these guys, when they came back, they were letting their Fear, And if you think about three circles sitting in front of you, and one of them is a circle of fear, one of them is a circle of flesh, and the other is a circle of faith. If you think about those three things in front of you, and you get to pick which one you're going to grab or, 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 or respond with when something happens, they went to the fear sphere. And they let their words then be motivated by fear, and ten people's words then impacted a riot of a million people telling Moses, we're going to get us another leader and we're getting out of here. Never mind you let us out of slavery. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, we'll give you that one, Moses. But now we're here in the wilderness and both us and our children are at risk. And we're scared. And we're going to cry all night because we heard that what we came out here for is not really what's there. And they forgot all about the fact that even though they had been slaves and none of them had been out there, that the land was just what God said it was going to be. The first thing they said, and indeed, the land is what God said. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. It's a rich land. It is a great land. However, amen. Sometimes we got to weed our howevers out. Amen. Qualify our howevers. Amen. Amen. See, these guys didn't understand their leadership. None of them accused Moses of anything. But sometimes we don't understand when words come out of our mouth, our words don't stop in one place. 
Our words are less like rocks and they're more like birds. <laughs> See, a rock you throw and it lands. Birds land and then fly somewhere else. And that's how our words are. Amen. Our words go and they land somewhere and then our words take off and they fly somewhere else. Amen. So if you speak a word of weakness or you speak a word of destruction, that word never stops where it lands first. Amen. (laughs) It's going to fly somewhere else. And next thing you know, that word has gotten around and the influence of that word goes past where the intended person meant for it to go. The girl I went to high school with, something happened in her life and she told her best friend. And so the word got all around, as words do. And when she confronted the girl, she said, I thought we was best friends. She said, you are one of my best friends. (laughs) I only told my best friends you happen to be one, but then so-and-so happens to also be one. And so-and-so is a gossip. Well, guess what? That means you are too. (laughs) Amen. We have to recognize it's a spiritual gift to lead. And God wants us to lead by faith. But whether we choose to lead or not to lead, it doesn't take away the fact that we haven't been empowered as human beings with the power to influence. Amen. And you can influence good or bad. I had somebody who worked with me and they were uh, uh, an influencer, quite a powerful influencer. They were not the leader, but they were the influencer. Amen. And so when they would come in, however they felt is how the rest of the office felt. And it didn't make no difference if everyone was cracking jokes and feeling good. When they walked in, if they wasn't having it today, it was not going to be that way today. Because they would influence everybody. This ain't that happy day. Life ain't that great. You really need to come down off of that. What was in your coffee this morning? (laughs) The whole room would come down. And next thing you know, everybody's just, this is bad. It ain't that great today. (laughs) Somebody told me one time, They said, you need to check whether you are a thermostat or a thermometer. Do you just show what the room is or do you control the room? See, my thermostat, if I say it's cold in here, I go to the thermostat and I say, no, it ain't. Not for long. (laughs) I turn that thermostat up. We're going to get some heat in here and we we all going to feel it in a little while. Amen? Amen. If you're a thermometer, you just say, it's cold in here. And that's that. Amen. So what do we want to be? Do we want to lead and be thermometers or do we want to lead and be thermostats? Do we want to control the environment or do we want to be victims of the environment? See what these people confessed, they said our children are going to be victims. Our children, they were worried about their children. And so the people cried all night. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword and that our wives and our children should become victims? 
See, they were worried about things. And instead of saying, God brought us out here and God's going to take us where we're supposed to go. They got into fear and their fear started speaking. And once fear starts talking, fear impacts others. Because fear is something that is common to humanity because it's part of our sin nature. And when fear hits, it agrees with something in us. And it's easy for us to agree with stuff that's in us. It's very easy. Amen. Because you can be on top of the world, feeling good, full of faith. And somebody speaks a, 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 a word to you that hits your fear. And you go, ooh, maybe so. Amen. Because everybody's carrying fear. Amen. I don't care who you are. You're carrying fear. Amen. <laughs> the warriors are playing scared right now. Amen. Not because they're scared. Of, it's not, and it's not because they're scared of the other team. It's because if you listen to the dialogue that's been happening for the last two years, we got to appreciate it because it ain't going to last forever. We got to appreciate the now because it ain't going to last forever. It ain't going to last forever. It ain't going to last forever. It ain't going to last. You're right. It ain't going to last forever. And you just ushered the end. Amen. No, things don't last forever, but that don't mean you need to confess it. You don't need to put the deadline on it. Amen. Amen. If it stops, it stops. Amen. But I don't need to say, yeah, it ain't going to last forever. No, come on, man. <laughs> when it's over, it's over. I don't, have to, I don't have to call it or worry about and find out when the, when the end is. <laughs> I learned, man. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to tell that story. I'm going to keep on that. Listen. <laughs> Listen. I want you to notice something else here. Caleb. And Joshua become the two people who speak up. And this I want you to apply to your own life. Because this is, again, what happens sometimes when it comes to us and our leadership. This is their first big time stepping out in front of everybody. And saying, God said this, let's do it. And their leadership was rejected. Wait a minute, I told them what God said, and these people ain't listening to me. Nope, they ain't listening to you. (laughs) Maybe I'm not a leader. See, that's what people who think you're either born or not born a leader think. I stepped out the first time, I said everything, nobody heard me, nobody followed me, so that must mean I'm not a leader. No, that means you got some lessons to learn. (laughs) That means you got some growth to do, Amen. It means you got to keep on understanding. Later, Joshua, who's not listened to now, becomes the one who has to lead the people into the promised land. Amen. But some people would have a face of crisis or face this issue where it seems like a failure and author failure on themselves. And that's what happens. That's happening to the warriors. It ain't going to last forever. And so their game is starting to reflect. That's how they're thinking. Because, see, when they, when, they, when they were undermatched and undersized and they were hungry, they didn't care what it looked like. They didn't care what the other team was coming at. They were so determined to prove themselves that they played hard. And when then when they won their first championship and people say, oh, it was lucky, they came back and said, oh, you think it's luck? And they came and won 73 games because they was angry. And they had something to prove. And so they, same team. No sinner, no this, no that. How can they win? They can't do this, they can't do that. Don't make no difference. We're going to do this. And they did. 
But then when you get comfortable, amen, when you get comfortable. See, when, when the children of Israel were in Egypt and they were working as slaves, I'm not, not working like a slave. You know, I mean, people joke about, well, I was working like Hebrew slave today. No, they were Hebrew slaves. Amen. <laughs> They're out there working. They were not comfortable. They were crying out to God for deliverance. But then they no longer under that oppression. And now they are here saying, man, we should go back. <laughs> Comfort is your enemy. Amen. Comfort will make you draw back at the first sign of failure. Amen. And not push forward to where God's called you to go. Amen. Listen, if God's going to do a new thing, people, oh, Lord, do a new thing in me. And then oh, what is God doing? Oh, Lord. <laughs> He's doing a new thing, so you don't know what he's doing. Amen. But you might need to just press on in. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, press on in. Come on. Come on. Come on. God's calling us to take responsibility and be an influencer. So I'm going to give you a couple of points about influence, and we're going we're to close. I'm not going to go past this. Listen, a couple of things I want to make clear. Number one, leadership is equated to influence, which we talked about just a minute ago. Now, I want you to understand, I mentioned a little bit earlier, Joshua's leadership was rejected at first. Joshua and Caleb, they stood up and they said, hey, we can do this. Later on in chapter 14, when we go into it, it says that they both stood up and they tore their clothes. So emotional about what's happened. Do you guys understand? We should not be here crying about this. We should actually go do what God said to do. We believe God. They tore their clothes. They believed God could do it. And the people just said, no. As a matter of fact, it says that the people picked up stones to stone them with. They <laughs> said, so y'all need to shut up. We're in fear here, man. <laughs> Don't be talking that faith when I'm scared. Well, <laughs> <laughs> get that faith stuff out of here, man. I'm scared right now. <laughs> Amen. But remember, it's three buckets. It's faith, it's fear, and it's flesh. And the flesh made them pick up rocks and say, man, y'all need to shut up. It made them take violent action toward people who are trying to stand in faith. Because this is what else you need to know as a leader. When you're a leader, what makes a leader a leader is a leader will stand up and take responsibility when others will not. Which means that sometimes you're going to be what seems like by yourself. And that's why that song we were singing today needs to be in your spirit. It may look like I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by God. Amen. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. That's what you got to be able to say. Oh, it looks like I'm by myself in this thing. But you know what? I'm standing on the right side of God. Amen. And because I'm standing on the right side of God, I can go ahead and step in this place where nobody else is willing to step. Amen. And you got to sometimes be the one. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I'll be the one. And I'm going to drag you with me. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so the first thing is leadership is about influence. Joshua and Caleb found a valuable lesson. That, that leadership must be with diligence. Remember we read in Romans 12, it says, lead with diligence. Don't give up the first time it doesn't work. 
Don't give up the first time you got rejected. Don't give up the first time people don't listen to you. Don't give up because everybody's saying, you know, that dairy mom's crazy as he can be. Don't give up. Don't quit because of that. If you have a sure word and you have a sure thing to stand on, then you stand on it. Amen? Amen. All right. Next is understand the boundaries of your influence. So I know the word. And I know some other things. But I also know I'm not the one you should come to to look for advice on how to fix your car. <laughs> I know my boundaries, amen? amen. I know my boundaries. I, I know I know a lot of stuff, but I also know if a car is broke, don't bring it to me. <laughs> <laughs> amen. Your car ain't working, you need to call AAA. You need to call your personal mechanic. Whoever you go to, you need to call them because I don't have, my answer to you is call them. Now, I know y'all told you I can do anything. That's just something I have never tried my best to do. Amen. Amen. And you can do anything too. But you must know the range of your influence. And knowing your range of your influence is not only knowing what you can't do, but also knowing how you impact other people. Because sometimes people don't understand how they impact others. Like I said, these guys weren't intending to start a riot, but their words did cause one. And they're responsible for the riot that they started, even though it wasn't their intent. And there's something that people talk about in uh, um, harassment prevention. They said that is the, you must know the difference between intent and impact. There's what you intended, but there's what the impact of what your actions created. Amen? I wasn't intending to insult them. Yeah, but, but you did. Amen. I realized I was probably going to insult somebody by what I was getting ready to say. So I <laughs> took responsibility. <laughs> took responsibility for my influence and, and pulled it back. Amen. Y'all tell my wife I exercise self-control. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, number three is your influence can be either positive or negative. It's not guaranteed your, in, your influence is always going to be positive. Your influence can be either way. Amen. <laughs> uh, one, of, one, of the, one of my team members, somebody asked them about a person. They said, well, how, how are you and so-and-so do, doing? And she said, she didn't say anything. And they said, ooh, it's like that. She said, I didn't say anything. She said, no, but you rolled your eyes. <laughs> you, she got a hold of her tongue, but she missed her eyes. Mm. <laughs> so she, she held her tongue, but then it just poured out. She said, oh, it's like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Amen. But understanding our influence can go either direction positive or negative influence, but either way, we must be responsible for what we do. So when you find out something negative has happened, you've got to make it your mindset to fix it. Amen? Amen? Four, a leader who's faithful is going to use influence to steer people in kingdom directions. In other words, when you understand that you have influence, 
Use your influence to guide people toward God. Amen? Use your influence to help people discover who God is. Amen? And that's not always just preaching at them. Sometimes it's allowing them to do what Jesus did. Follow me, and I will make you to be fishers of men. Sometimes it's just being the example that people need to see. Amen? You know, the the old saying that I can't hear what you're saying because I'm too busy looking at what you're doing. (laughs) Amen. I want to listen to you, but I just can't get you out of my eyes. (laughs) Amen. Again, a faithful leader is going to use their influence to steer people toward kingdom directions. Okay. And the last one, we've been talking about it, but influence comes with responsibility. The more responsibility we take, the greater our influence becomes. And the other way around. And so if we want to be impactful for the kingdom of God, our choice is to start to become more focused on how do we influence others. How do we become a blessing? And see, what God told Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. You know what that means? He said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make you an influence. Because the more great your name is, the more influence you carry. Amen? Amen. That's why I can say something crazy today and it has one impact. The president says something crazy today, it has greater impact. Amen? Amen. And I'm not aiming that at this president, any president. Amen. I go into a room at my, my, my workplace and I crack a joke. Half the people laugh, half the people don't. It's a, it's a risk, right? <laughs> Amen. A risk I can't help myself. I can't help, I can't help it. I got to do it, right? If I'm in front of a crowd, I just have to do it. But it's a risk I'm willing to live with. The CEO of the company gets up and tells a joke. And it's a problem. Yeah, everybody's. (laughs) (laughs) We laugh because we have to laugh. (laughs) But. But with his with his responsibility, there comes a level of influence. Now, if I tell a joke and it's it hits off, somebody's offended. Okay, I'll, I'll try to fix it. He tells a joke. To a large group, he can't fix it. Too many people in there. So it's too, the, the stakes go up the higher you go. Yeah. Amen? So Moses and Joshua and these other leaders are all in this position where their impact is not just them. Their impact is everybody else. Because I can, I can make a mistake and it hurts me. But my mistake also has the potential of hurting you. And that's what leadership becomes. Leadership has to be driven by love because then you understand you're accountable for your influence. Amen. There was a man who was a pastor. He fell into something and it started an avalanche of, of problems for him, for his leadership team, for 
the congregation, and then because he had another platform of influence, that whole platform of influence was impacted by one event. And so what happens is, is that the issue of leadership and responsibility, they start becoming more serious as we step further in. But what I want to encourage you with this is this. You say, well, then why would anybody want to become a leader? Because you fulfill your own destiny by leading. Amen. You fulfill your own destiny by leading. So whatever it is you do, whether it's your family, whether it's your neighborhood, whether no matter what it is, you have the power to lead. You can look around your neighborhood and say, man, I got a jacked up neighborhood. I'm going to move. Or you can look around your neighborhood and say, you know what? I'm about to pray this, I'm about to pray this neighborhood into prosperity. I'm about, to pr- I'm about to pray this neighborhood into prosperity. All, everybody's coming up around here. Amen. And then I'm going to walk my neighborhood and begin praying over every house. Father, bless these people. Prosper them in Jesus' name. And then you start becoming an influencer. And then when you out mowing your lawn, you say, hey, brother, how you doing, man? <laughs> hey, man, guess what? Guess what? Come, let me show you what I'm doing over here. See, man, I, I'm doing this thing where I got this Scott stuff and I'm putting this down and I, I'm, I'm putting the Scott and it's going gonna, it's gonna to kill the weeds. I don't have to bend over and pick them up. This, my stuff's going gonna, gonna to be green like nobody's business. <laughs> so what did I do? I'm influencing I'm planting seeds because he's going to go to his house and look at his brown yard and say, man, man. Because <laughs> you know what I'm doing? I'm influencing. I'm influencing. I go to work and everybody's complaining. I, this, is the, this is what I do every week, every week, every single week. We have a meeting, a staff meeting on Monday morning. And when everybody comes in, I say, what is it today? Everybody says, happy Monday. Yes, right. It's happy Monday. <laughs> happy Monday, y'all. We about to get in here. We ought to get some stuff done. Happy Monday. <laughs> Why? Because I'm, I'm not no, I'm not a thermometer. <laughs> I'm going to control the environment. Amen. I'm gonna, if it's dark, I'm going to be the light. Amen. Why? Not because I'm special. No, because I got the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Spirit can make me dance, then he's show. Show for show could help me light up the environment. Come on, amen. If I could feel the spirit moving, yeah, then that means I can feel, I can make other people feel the spirit moving. Not because I do it, because I'm going to show up with him in me. Amen. Amen. Come on, tell your message, I can make the spirit move. Come on. Come on. You are an influencer. You are a powerful person, and it is an anointing from God that you can activate by faith. Turn to Romans, and then we're going to close. We're going to pray. Romans chapter 12. (laughs) Amen. That's my song for the day. Amen. 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 Come on. Yeah, come on. Amen. (laughs) She said, the preacher said, hallelujah. Romans 12. Verse 6 says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. How many of y'all had grace given to you? Grace is the unmerited, unearned favor of God. Amen. Man, that's that's called the blood of Jesus. Amen. 
If you was wondering what it is, the blood of Jesus is what gives you favor. Amen. Unmerited, unearned, unwarranted. Amen. Favor of the Lord on your life. Amen. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to you. Amen. You got unique gifts for your unique life. Amen. Amen. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy how? In proportion to our faith. Use what you got in proportion to your faith. Take responsibility and use your influence to use what God has given you in the environment that God has put you in. Amen. Amen. This, this, this person came to me in minister's training one time. They said, Pastor, I believe that God has called me to be an apostle to the nations. What do you think? I said, I think you're in minister's training class and God's going to show you and do whatever he's going to do with you. Amen. But right now you need to learn the basics. <laughs> you, in other words, you need, you need to activate what you got right here and not worry about you're going to become an apostle to the nations if you ain't been out of this nation yet. <laughs> Amen. You ain't left the country, so don't worry about what God's going to do when he takes you out. If he's going to make you that, he's going to make you that. And I, guess what? I believe I got faith with you. If you say that's what God told you, I'm going to believe God with you. But I just know you're sitting in this chair with me right here right now, which means you're going to have to get busy about doing your homework and doing the other stuff in this minister training program so you can be a minister trained to be an apostle to the nations. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Because if you're going to be an apostle of the nations and you don't have a firm foundation built under you, then your own calling will destroy you. Amen. I know people who've been destroyed by their calling, stepped out to be a pastor and hadn't brought their flesh into subjection. Amen. Guess what? It's some devils out there waiting on you. You a pastor? You're, oh, I'm a, I'm a man of God. Yeah, guess what? And, and there's women who like men of God that ain't your wife. <laughs> And you better know how to handle a compliment and be able to manage it and know how to side hug and all the other things that come with it. (laughs) Amen. I'm serious. You better be ready. (laughs) Because if you step out in your leadership and you ain't willing to take the responsibility that comes with it, you are going to get crushed by your own anointing. (laughs) Amen. I speaks the truth. Amen. Use it according to your faith. You got to use what you've been given according to your faith. And I'm telling you all, the anointing of leadership is on everybody in the room. It's on you. You are anointed to lead somebody somewhere, something, some way, somehow. Start where you are and let God build your influence, increase you, and make you lead and reach more. I'll sit at my desk on Friday, and the leader of our organization called me. He said, Derry, I want... uh, I want you to mark your calendar on this day, he said, because I want you to speak to this group about what we're doing here at work. It's a group outside of us. It's a kind of a a statewide organization. So you know what's happened? Using my influence in my environment does what the word says. Your gift will make room for you. Amen. Amen. And bring you before great men. Amen. So what I want, I want to hear testimonies about your gifts making room for you because you took responsibility to lead. And it doesn't make a difference if you're working or you're retired. 
<laughs> and let the retired people off the hook. You got influence. <laughs> you got influence. If you are retired, you still have influence. Amen. You got somebody you influence. And amen. Amen. So I want to hear testimonies about how your gifts making room for you and how your influence is bringing kingdom leadership into the world. Amen. Amen. Praise it. Let's, let's praise God. Father, thank you in the name of Jesus for your word. Thank you for this day. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is working in the midst. Thank you for listening to today's message, which is part 15 of our series titled The Journey. And the message was titled Influence. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, please feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. And on our site, you're going to find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. Once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also find us on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. God bless. We look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. And until then, please remember that Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly.